Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Everything Kratom, the podcast about anything and everything Kratom. Great to have you with us on this Tuesday morning, hoping all is great with you. So today, I found an article in the Ohio Springfield News Sun. It's a newspaper in Ohio that was covering Kratom, and specifically covering Kratom around the recent bill that passed in the House, and that would be House Bill 236, which would create a Kratom Consumer Protection Act. That passed earlier this month, and now it's headed on to the Ohio Senate. So, I why do I want to cover this article? Because I think I've already talked about Ohio once before, maybe right after this passed, um, which is great news. But the reason why I wanted to cover this one is because for a local newspaper covering Kratom when, you know, it's being looked at in its legislature of that respective state, which we've covered a lot of these articles before in that category, this one didn't do half a bad job. This one actually, I think, grasped the complexity of perspectives around Kratom when it comes to how dangerous is it, uh, how accessible should it be, and how did we get here, and where are we going? So I think that it's worth pointing out because I feel like when there's good reporting on Kratom, it should be hoisted up just as much as the bad reporting should be put out there so that people know about it. Um, There is one major thing missing from this article, which I'm going to get to in this episode, so you have to listen to find out. Ha ha ha. Um, but we'll, we'll get to that. So let's take a look. And of course, the link to this is in the description of this episode. Here we go. This article starts off by kind of setting the scene. It talks about how Kratom is a $1.3 billion industry in the U.S. and growing, which I did not know. That is huge. And there are researchers that are estimating that about 300,000 Ohioans use it. And so that is also huge because that's like one in, I forget where it says, yeah, one in 40 Ohio residents use Kratom. That's pretty high. I mean, that I haven't looked at the ratio of other states, but I would think that that's, I don't know. I wouldn't have guessed that. Maybe I would say one in 100, one in 40. Wow. So that's a pretty substantial estimate. So this is affecting a lot of Ohioans, and uh, then the article, of course, mentions research remains thin on Kratom, but health authorities have urged use against it because it's linked to multiple deaths over the past few years, as well as seizures, liver damage, withdrawal symptoms, and respiratory depression. Several states and cities have banned it. So all that's fairly typical. Uh, Then it goes into how this House bill is passed. And a little bit of interesting information, so we kind of all know, or those of you who have listened to this podcast should know, uh, that the House passed this bill. It was 82 to 9, so it's a pretty substantial vote for the bill. And um, the congressperson who's kind of heading this uh, effort, uh, Congressman Lips, he said that it's unusual for him to seek additional regulations on things like this, but... Two factions requested rules for Kratom, manufacturers and users. I like that this article covered that. That's the first thing I wanted to point out. They're covering the fact that this is actually happening, not because the legislators are just pulling this out of nowhere and not because the AKA has asked them to. This is this is coming 
because of the requests directly coming from both users of Kratom and manufacturers of Kratom. The two parties who, in most cases, when you're talking about regulation, would be less likely to be like, oh yes, please regulate this product and make it more difficult to produce and more difficult to to just buy anywhere and you know yada yada like i think that it's worthwhile pointing out the fact that this is coming from manufacturers and users requesting that it happen that is good i'm glad they put that in there then it says that the ohio board of pharmacy is looking to legislatures for direction before considering its own restrictions uh, and it turns out that this had been uh, introduced in some form previously, but it was delayed uh, before really being introduced to the House for six months so that the House Health Committee members could tour a Kratom processing facility in Columbus, Ohio, and meet with customers. So that's also cool. Like, it seems like these people did their homework. Why, do, why am I trying to point this out to everybody? It's cool because, and it's good that the paper's covering this, because... You're not seeing this act come out of nowhere, and the people who voted overwhelmingly in support of it, 82 to 9, aren't voting that way after reading a paper about Kratom and making a decision. They're voting that way because they actively delayed the vote for six months, went to a facility, toured the facility that processes Kratom, and met with customers who buy Kratom, and that's what informed them before they looked at this bill. That is how you do politics, people. Like, there you go, on the ground. Hell yeah, that's the way to do it. And I think that it's really important that people understand when something like this gets passed, it's not it's not falling out of the sky. This is the first time where I've actually seen the process laid out in any article covering a Kratom Consumer Protection Act. It doesn't mean that it hasn't been out there, and I haven't been following this stuff that long, but it's the first time I've seen it, and I really like that. So, hell yeah. (laughs) Moving on, then it mentions a report. 2018 report from the Ohio Substance Abuse Monitoring Network found that about 70% of users in the Akron-Canton area injected Kratom, and 30% would take it orally, such as in tea. I have never heard of anyone injecting Kratom. How do you do that? How do you inject Kratom? That's crazy. I'm going to look into that more. I I know nothing about it, so I can't really speak to it other than... What? (laughs) Okay, moving on. So then... You know, it goes through the things that are being considered in the act. It's pretty much, you know, standard KCPA stuff, Kratom Consumer Protection Act. So I'm not going to go into that, you know, criminal penalties for violators, creating licenses for processors, yada, yada. Then it talks about that. It's really cool. This article, if you go to the, to the website, it has a video with somebody who, you know, actually owns a smoke shop and this person whose family's from India. And, you know, normally I wouldn't, you know, be mentioning something like that, except it's relevant because he ends up saying that Kratom is actually something that's popular in India and his whole family uses it. And he sells uh, Kratom in, a, you know, addition to a bunch of other things at this smoke shop. And even though Kratom is only a fraction of the store's merchandise, quote, now it accounts for 40 to 48 percent of their business. So that's a fair amount of business. Makes me really buy into that idea that one out of 40 Ohioans use Kratom. So this is really affecting a lot of people. And, you know, it also means that this business, half their business relies on Kratom. So, you know, 
very neat to to gain that perspective then it goes into the, this last part of the article and then we're getting to the point where it's missing something the last part of the article talks about the history of studies and fda complaints and the proposed kratom ban that almost happened and all of that stuff um it it points out you know this whole idea that the ohio board of pharmacy uh is basically just going along with the fda and they cited the fda's conclusion we feel confident in calling compounds found in kratom opioids a uh, 2014 study found that more than half of regular users developed severe dependence, both physical and psychological. Uh, it cited three cases of withdrawal symptoms and one case of liver damage suspected to stem from overuse of kratom. Then in 2017, FDA identified at least 44 deaths linked to kratom, although all of them had potent substances in addition to kratom or was adulterated. Um, going on down... Right, National Institute on Drug Abuse in 2019 cited earlier research uh, that 11 deaths were associated with Kratom between 2011 and 2017. Even the more recent research is citing old research. <laughs> um, anyway, da, 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 da. also it says all but two of those cases involved other drugs, including antihistamines, alcohol, caffeine, tranquilizer, fentanyl, and cocaine. But, you know, move those aside, Kratom. And then uh, it gets into Ohio in particular. Between 2016 and 2018, the Ohio Department of Health found 15 unintentional drug overdose deaths in which Kratom was mentioned on the death certificate. Um, So I like that they're saying, not that, you know, I've always been very truthful about the fact that, like, I don't want to cover up any bad things about Kratom. If there's something bad, I want to know about it, and everyone should. But what I like about this is that it's not saying these were Kratom-related deaths. They're saying these are deaths where Kratom was somewhere mentioned on the death certificate. That doesn't detract or take away from anything, you know, or any potential relationship with the death in Kratom. But what it is doing is not putting that stigma on it that this happened because of Kratom. Just saying Kratom was mentioned on the death certificate. That I'm okay with. Go for it. You can mention that. You can also mention that someone had a breath mint in their mouth when they died. But, you know, it means something different when you say it was related. So um, I'm fine with that. I think it's great. And it's also not covering up any negativity, you know. So overall, I feel like this article is just kind of doing a balanced job of showing the bad and the good um, and a bit of the history and everything. It Then this is the end. Um, it talks a bit about heavy metals, salmonella, um, Based on the data it examined, the Board of Pharmacy concluded Kratom has a high potential for abuse, has no accepted medical value, lacks safety for use under medical supervision, and poses a public health risk. Uh, Kratom has been banned by all these different states, yada, yada, yada. So it has all of that, and it ends up referencing studies all the way up until 2019 and 2020. And it talks about all the times when Kratom almost was banned and then public comments, you know, came out and stopped it. The thing it's missing, it does not mention this World Health Organization decision. Why is this thing being avoided by everyone? If anyone looks up Kratom who's trying to write an article on it, it doesn't take long to figure out that the most recent major thing that's happened with Kratom 
in terms of potential negative thoughts about, you know, banning it in any way, shape or form with the FDA, which is where everyone's going to look if they're trying to write an article about Kratom and they don't know anything about Kratom, they're going to look to the FDA. The thing they'll find is the World Health Organization decision. (laughs) Why is that not mentioned anywhere? It's this thing that's being avoided. I am convinced at this point that this is being avoided because it's the most substantial decision that's been made about Kratom in modern, modern history, (laughs) modern history. I mean, like recent, like, like in the past year, two years, three years, it's the most substantial decision that's been made. And it's all of the experts on drug dependence from around the world coming together and collectively saying, this is not worth our time. So, like, why is that being avoided here? Shouldn't people who believe in science be informed by the scientists, not the Ohio Board of Pharmacy, who is going off of 2017 to 2019 thoughts from the FDA? Because that's my conclusion from this article. They didn't have any original thoughts of their own. So, I... I'm just, you know, I'm waiting for the punchline here. I'm waiting for the World Health Organization to come in, and it doesn't. And it's too bad, because other than that, I feel like this article was pretty kicking, you know? Like, they had all a bunch of different studies mentioned. They didn't cover up Kratom in a negative fashion or positive fashion. They didn't, you know, try and sweep anything under the rug. They didn't say that this Kratom Consumer Protection Act fell out of the sky and it's just happening and who knows why and the FDA doesn't like it. Like, they put in the process. They talked about how the legislators actually did their research in a time when right now you're hearing about all the polarization and how nobody's getting together and working across the aisle. This was a, you know, not unanimous decision, but pretty darn close. Almost as close as you can get. And if that happens after these people are taking input from those who are producing Kratom, selling it, buying it, and, you know, going to a facility, talking to people on the ground, you would think that that's fairly informed, right? So I like that they covered all this stuff. I think it's a shame they didn't mention the WHO decision. But that said, we must celebrate the good. So good job to the, uh, what is it called? Good job to the Springfield News Sun newspaper. I tip my hat to you for doing a somewhat okay, not too bad of a mediocre job of covering Kratom. And uh, that's something to be celebrated. So champagne to everybody. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to leave it there. There's my rant today. Sorry, I had to pull you all, drag you all along. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow. (laughs) All right. Take it easy, everybody. Have a great rest of your day. Bye-bye.